0: In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let's declare the word of understanding before we sit down. On to, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. Understanding, revelation, that is your portion again today in Jesus' name. Clarity, direction, light, insight. That's your portion today in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Before you sit down and greet somebody on your left or your right, the person, welcome, you are very wise. Say, listen, you are very wise. the person, give more understanding, gain more wisdom. Say, the word will come to you to give you more understanding. All right, in the name of Jesus. Let's take our seats and sit down. And Last time I explained that... Um, or use the expression you are very wise when i say that i'm talking about in matter of making important choices in life it's not as if you have wisdom in yourself just that god is pouring wisdom into you because you have gone you have made up your mind to go after his wisdom the lord is good we are going through psalm 119 to explain the most important prayer let's go over it again the prayer of gentiles it's very different from the prayer of Christians. The prayer of the child of God has a different focus. It's unfortunate that many of the prayers we pray these days are not the prayers that the Lord Jesus expects us to pray as Christians, but that the prayers he said are those of Gentiles. He said, When you find Gentiles praying, mark what they say. They focus on what they will eat, they focus on. What they will drink. They focus on how would they be clothed. And that's explaining to us that they focus on the necessities of life. They focus on material things. They focus on things that they feel personally that they need. But Jesus said those things must not be the focus of the prayers of the people of God. That is they should have this attitude that God knows what I need even before I ask him so it shouldn't be a focus so my prayers concerning material things or personal needs should be dismissive dismissive as in it's on my mind let me cast let me cast my burden upon the lord it is not as if i'm trying to get those things done by my prayer no i'm casting them off my mind as believers let's get this point again we cannot focus on our material things, our personal needs, our ideas, and say that we are praying. Let me say this again. Many times those prayers get results. They don't. That does not mean that we did what was pleasing to the Lord. It is possible to ask God for meat in the wilderness, and He will give you the meat. Very, very possible. It does not mean that's what He wanted you to ask for. We know that Solomon... God gave him the opportunity to ask for anything. And then he omitted to ask for what most of us will have asked for. And the Lord was impressed that he didn't ask for those things. The Lord was impressed that he did not ask for um, uh, riches, long life, the life of his enemies. He didn't ask for any of those things. He asked for something that we all know about. and but the God was impressed. And I wanted to understand that if he had asked for any of those things, we would have gotten them. Are you getting my point? You have to know how to under, read the scriptures. Sometimes people are trying to prove some things in the Bible. They don't know how to read, you know. The scriptures have different levels of things. The Bible has different levels of, let me use the expression that was used in the book of Acts, it has different levels of accuracy. Yes. Apollos came teaching accurately concerning the things of, of Jesus. Accurately. And Priscilla, Priscilla and Aquila looked at him and said, Come. What do you know? John taught me. He said, ah, that's all you know. He said, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. Then they took him aside and expounded those things to him more accurately. So there were at different levels of accuracy. Very different levels of accuracy. Some people want to prove some how to pray. They take some examples from the scriptures and I say, listen. Look, Jephthah made the vow. They say, when you want something from God, you will make a vow. Hear me. That's not Christianity. It works, does not make it Christianity. The only vow God wants from you is a vow of thanksgiving. That is, God, when you bless me, when you manifest something in my life, I will I will put it, I will lay it to heart to give glory to your name. That's all. He made it clear: if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you. God doesn't require you to solve His personal problems. It's very important. You know, we say that, look, you will tell God what you will do for anyone who has done this. Once it goes beyond the matter of, I will ascribe the glory to you and you alone. You have gone too far. Like we say, nobody sent you that one. You are running an errand that God didn't send you. Many of things we practice in Christianity. Trust me, they're not Christianity. And I, I hear them all the time. Big men preach it. I say, forget this thing. It's not Christianity. So today you will say you will not make a vow. Say, God! You are focused on your needs, and the, you won't leave that matter alone. That's why you're making all kinds of strange vows. And started telling me a few stories, that when Anna made a vow, God now answered her. I said, "Jephtha made a vow, and his daughter died." And listen again, don't forget something. You must even bear it in mind. When those people were even making their vows, their vows, are, you know, they had a different mindset too. Like I said to you before, Hannah didn't give God something that God, the only thing Hannah gave God was a bullock. So, what do you mean? God said, Any male that opens the womb is mine. Yeah. So, what did he give God that God didn't own before? You gave me Samuel. Whose own was it? Was he? The only thing Hannah did was just refuse to redeem the boy. But, but she, she paid the vow for redemption. So, technically, let's not even go there. The point I'm trying to make is this. You know the Bible has different what levels of accuracy. You must know try and learn what you are supposed to learn and know the realm you are supposed to walk in. Christians are not supposed to be making vows because when you say those things, why you want to provoke God, right? Look, I know my doctrine is not very popular, but it's scriptural. You want to persuade him because he's not he's not sure. You want to tie his hand, like somebody said once. So how much did you use to tie God's hands that day? <laughs> the lady said that day I, my offering was one thousand naira. I said that is not enough. You want God to do something for you. You want to tie His hand with one thousand. When Solomon wanted to tie His hand, he tied it with one thousand burnt offerings. I would think we are making sense. We know that God is very merciful. He will tune off our frequency when we want to pray. These clowns have come again. I will pray some of these brethren with favor. You will say to God, "When you do," the, I, I, there's a man who wrote a book on how to vow, and then get something from God with vow. These are the vows that should provoke God. In quote, "I will follow Your will, I will obey Your word, I will not serve any other god." That's end. That's the end of it. And is it like I say so? As soon as you are ask asking him for something, shouldn't you follow his will? Shouldn't you obey his word? So, is that now a vow? No, that's a normal life. It's like me waking up in the house and telling my children, all of you come here. I want you to know that from now on, daddy will have his bath in the morning and comb his hair, the little of it he has left. <laughs> I promise my shirts will be ironed. I want you to now eat my breakfast. And I'm not going to spill it on my shirt. You know, they'll be looking at me like, Guys, what's up here? Is this guy okay? Behind you, now go and start praying. Lord, renew our daddy to his right senses. Why? He's making vows to do what is normal. I I hope you're getting my point here. Listen, Christianity, no, we have to understand. Some of the things we try and pick from scriptures, look, we want to provoke God. God said, I know what provokes me. He said, ask in the name of Jesus. So that is enough provocation. And Jesus said, the father himself does what? Loves you. Listen, always think about God as a father. I have children. I can't imagine them promising me anything to get something. It's going to be like a joke. If you are not walking in a manner pleasing to him, please start it. And you do that as soon as the word comes to you instantly you renew yourself. That's why you go to listen. You are here this evening. Alright? That's why you buy a book. That's why you tune to a radio station, TV station. You download from a website. You listen to a podcast. You listen to somebody preach. That's why. Because you want your life to be conformed to his will. It's not whether I need something, I don't need anything. Our life must not be need-centered. That's the problem. We have lives that are need-centered. That's one major thing I've seen in Christianity. Everybody, pastors, come to church with the idea to preach a message that solves a problem. That meets a need—financial need, emotional need, marital need—and that's our reading, Psalm one one nine. From here, we are learning that that is not the prayer of believers. Christians pray at a level that's higher than every other person. And Jesus listened. He told us that, look, when you start hearing Gentiles pray, it's easy to know they are Gentiles. When you hear Gen of God pray, it's easy to know. Look at the focus of their prayer. I will listen to us as we are declaring the word just now. And you know, when we are in praying, I, did, I just listened to some of our prayers at different times. And I said, anybody listening will notice that we pray differently from most people. Why? It's just because it's all learned from scriptures. The prayer is always centered on, and that's what someone is about. It's centered on how I can conform myself to the will of God in my life. It's not centered on what I need, what I don't need. It's not centered on what I want to achieve, what I don't want to achieve on this earth. It's not. Achievements on this earth, they are the blessings of God. I I will draw the word blessing for a moment, all right? They are the decisions of God. Let me put it like that. They are the endowments of God. I removed the word blessing for a, for a reason because I don't want people to look like if somebody has achieved something, materially speaking, I built a company, it's now worth a million, a billion dollars. You know, he has achieved, God has blessed him. And the man that hasn't has not been blessed. That's why I withdrew the word blessing for a moment. Because the fact is that you build a company, now you are worth a billion dollars, does not mean anything. Listen to me, it means nothing. It's like you are wearing a white shirt and wearing a yellow one. That's all. Your billion dollars is your white shirt my lack of a billion dollars is my pink shirt. Why? We have different assignments in life. The world likes to value your assignment, they can't put the value on what I do. I don't know whether I get my point here. You know, today I was thinking about let me just drop this briefly. Be careful how the world defines success. In fact, I think I should have mentioned more on this before I start teaching it, but I'm in it already. So let me start talking. How do you define success? I, I, I thought about it very seriously today. I'll talk more about it later. How do you define success? The word always turns everything to money. A successful person has built a big business. But I found out that it's not so scripturally. It's not so. How does Jesus define success? He says, be busy with this until I come. So when he comes, he says, your mina has made ten more. Now this is the point. What is success? You are a preacher. I have given you revelation and understanding. How do I define whether you have succeeded or not? It's not the size of your congregation. It's not how many cars you have. It's not the money you have in your account. It is how many people you have replicated that understanding inside them. Even if I meet you wearing rags, it doesn't matter. Why? He assesses based on what he gave you. Your mina has made what? Ten more. Your mina. What you gave me has made ten more. Do you get my point here? That's how it is. So if God gives them Bezalel... A skill, ability to make, no designs with gold, with silver, bronze. That's what God gave him: the ability to do all of these things, make artistic work. So when God comes, Bezalel, how well have you done? God will go to his village and see the size of his house. Yeah, this house has, this house is big. Would he do that? No. God will walk around the streets. And see the quality of the artwork in the neighborhood. If it is not good, Bezalel is a failure. If God comes to him and says, why didn't you design things properly? And he says they were not willing to pay. (laughs) You know what happened? They will flog him. God will have him seriously punished. His excuses would not matter. What he will want. There are two things he gave Bezalel. One, the ability to make the designs. And number two, what did he give him? The ability to teach others. So God will just ju- judge the man Bezalel on two points. One, He will come look at the tabernacle that Moses built. All right, He will say, Moses, this cherub you have here is trying to be like the one that you saw in heaven, but it's not the exact copy. You go to Bezalel. Moses will not be punished for that. He said, I gave the job to Bezalel. Bezalel, why didn't you do it, Moses? I didn't like what Moses was paying. I know how much it will take. And Moses was just praying five shekels for each day of work. Lord, you said check out. Does that make sense? Now God won't check whether Moses agreed to pay or Moses not agreed to pay. The important thing is that I have seen the cherubs that you, you guys drew. That is not exactly what it's supposed to look like. That is Bezalel's fault. How many craftsmen do we not have in Israel? Just Bezale and two of his sons? What about the spirit of the teacher I put inside him? He said that he said each boy has to pay 17 shekels and nobody has 17 shekels to pay. So Bezalel thought that he's coming there to be valued in you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars so he can be on the stock exchange. But God said, no, I want to check whether Bezalel is doing well or not. I want to see how he has multiplied the things that I give to him. I give him the skill. I need to see the artwork all around. So Bezalel's duty, therefore, is to do what? Make sure the thing goes out and remove as much of the hindrances as is possible. Be careful. Don't let the word define success for you. One day one guy do, <laughs> he wrote us a mail that, that Kingdom World has spoiled them. Why? Because he tried to download messages from many websites and there to pay to get the message. Now, if you like charge for your messages, you know why you are doing that, okay? Now, but the guy now said that he now realized what the problem was that Kingdom World Ministries cause the problem. Why? Because when you come to our website, over 1,000 messages, they cry, over 1,100 now actually, maybe current to 1,200 or more, they are all there free. Once it's on the website, you click to download books. On the website, you click to download. It's just free of charge. Now, people have asked me before, so how do you get money? I've been asked, how do you monetize it? And I said, sorry, there's no plan for that. There's no plan for that. Why? It's simple. What am I more interested in? I know what God will say. I give you this understanding. When I come, I need to see the number of people. That's what he's going to be counting. The, the number of people that have, um, you know, tapped from me to not have that same understanding. That's what he's counting. He's not counting the size of my house. He's not counting my bank account. He doesn't care what Forbes thinks of my net worth. Just wants to know, Banky, this thing, what have you done with it? How well have you multiplied it in people? So, for me, every opportunity you give is what? I mean, it's a blessing. But the world does not value that. They don't have, there's no value system for it. There's no value system for it. There's no value system for it. They don't have the capacity. To value it. One day young man <laughs> works on our website. We're doing some work on it. So he came to my house. So he went to the back end, checked some things. Ah, he saw the number of hits in a month. He said, sir, this is plenty. I said, so. He said, we can do something with it. I said, do your work before I give you a knock. <laughs> that is, he checked, ah, this amount of hits in a month. I said, do, like what? No Google AdWords? And the guy was looking like, ah. oh God, this is, if, if Google sees this, this is money. I should ask him, do I look like Linda Ekeji to you? <laughs> I'm not talking about that now, but for me it is forbidden. Oh, it's forbidden. It is forbidden. Nothing like that. I'm not advertising for Anybody, Advertises. If you want your advert on my website, preach a word that is hot and smoky. Man, if he blesses me, I'll put the link there. One day I sent the link, and the preached some messages getting God's best. I checked the message. The, the his messages are also free on his website. I checked the size of the files; they're a bit heavy, so I took them, compressed them, uploaded them to our site, and then emailed the link to his own full resolution. The full quality and the compressed one. And sent all around. One guy to me, and said that you are an unusual man of God. You are spreading other preachers' messages. Ah. No, you know, the thing was, look, I listened to that thing. I listened to that thing. If you can lay your hands on it, please get it. And the getting God's best. It's a set of like three or four or five messages. I just sent it around. Say, every, ah, Of course, we have thousands of people on our mailing list. So everybody, please. If you can lay your hands on this, I say bless me tremendously. Please listen to it. One guy replied, and "I said, now what? Now for? You now for kingdom world ministries. This kind of ministry. he, has, that this, he, he felt that you know, most people want to listen to me alone. You know, not No other preacher knows anything. I'm the only one that knows everything. I'm your pastor, your apostle, your evangelist, your prophet, your teacher." <laughs> You know, no, it's not like that. If something blesses me, of course, if you listen to me long enough, I'm very, very happy to recommend messages. I'm, I, I always do that. I don't know everything. I don't know everything. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. In fact, it's now I want to start listening to myself. I have this habit. I can't tolerate my own, the sound of my own voice. I don't know why. I just can't. My wife listens to me a lot. When she's playing something, I say, I say, Madam, please, can you reduce the volume of that? She says, <laughs> Why? You know, trust me. I start picking out everything I said wrong. That that pronunciation is not correct. <laughs> that grammar is not right. Can't you focus on one thing when you are talking? So finally, one of those is my wife said, "Please, sir, stop disturbing me. I'm the one listening, not you." No, really, I don't know. I I I'm, I'm going to, I plan to start because there are things I teach I've forgotten. Like you know that thing we taught on Ecclesiastes. I can't remember what we discussed. I so said my wife, the other day, I said, 11 days on that matter. I can't, I'm trying to remember the things we said. So I said, I need to go and listen to the message again. Okay, but generally, I don't listen to myself <laughs> I don't know. Some people say, ah, why would you listen? You know the thing? No, trust me, unless you are not inspired. If you're a preacher, believe me, a lot of things you say. People have quoted me for me before, and I wonder who are you quoting. And I want to, you know, there are things you hear. You no, know, Pastor Banky said this. I said, who, me? When? What was I talking about? If they had not put my name, I would have written it down that I would quote this in enter preaching. <laughs> but because they went and told me it was me, ah, honestly. <laughs> but I listen to other preachers, of course, and I listen to the message almost every day. Almost every day. You know, right now, I have, uh, I have three preachers I'm listening to now. Okay, four of them, but three very actively. All right, I'm listening to them now. And it's not me, and I keep learning. Okay, now, just by the way, here, keep on going by the way, by the way. Doesn't mean I agree with them on everything they say. That's another people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand that. Okay? You, you, don't, you don't have to agree with somebody on everything. Okay? We, as Christians, we can disagree on small. We can be in the same church and disagree on a few things. Just a few trivial things. Just, <laughs> my wife and I don't even agree on everything. Does your wife agree with you on everything? Can be sure that she doesn't agree with me on some color combination. Now, usually I'm the one that doesn't agree, actually, because as a man, do you combine color? It's only light blue and dark blue. Light ash and dark ash. Light brown and dark brown. They pass like that. These women that will be coming with all kinds of colors. The one you know, when they, when they wanted to confuse us, they introduced one they call pinging. <laughs> what we used to call color riot. They now modernized it. <laughs> when we were young, it was color riot. If we wear red... With yellow and green. Your head is not correct. You know, we're young. And that's a nice It's called what? Okay. So I disagree with that thing 100%. And we are still married. We are still married. My wife eats strange things sometimes. My wife can decide that she's hungry. And she will eat granite and malt at 10 o'clock. I can't understand it but I can sow Gary with granite at 12 midnight. I have no problem with it. My wife can say she's thirsty, and she's not. I said, why do you take a drink in your own house? Drink water now. Can you see? Small, small differences. And we're happy. The Lord is good. So, preachers too, we should be able to disagree with each other on small, small things. All right? Those of us are listening. Right, back to what I was trying to say. Now, for me, therefore success is how much have i impacted knowledge you know i found out something i found out that for 3 years paul was in ephesus teaching the word day and night and working in between to sustain himself how many of you believe that yes and he said it is abnormal he wrote to the is it the corinthians and the galatians That's an abnormal thing that I did. He said, but I did it day and night. I know why he said, I'm innocent of the blood of every man. He said, because day and night, I did not cease to declare to you the whole counsel of God. He said, there is nothing I was supposed to tell you. He said, now I know I'm going. (laughs) I know wolves will come. Even from amongst yourselves, people will rise up to draw disciples to themselves. But as for me, I am innocent of the blood of every man. I have removed every obstruction between you and the things that God gave me to declare. I came to a place, people don't understand Christian ministry. So I said, lest you think I'm looking for your money. He said, I have coveted nobody's goods. That is, Paul did not allow them one time to take an offering for him. In the, in the, when it was in Ephesus. Not like he was wrong. Oh. He just said, no. I know what I'm doing here. Now, to let you know it was right. He blessed the Philippians who did it. Oh, no, no, must understand that. He blessed the Philippians who did it. He took offerings from the Corinthians and took somewhere else from the Macedonians. He took, but when he got to a certain regions, certain people they don't understand. Let's not give them a wrong impression of what ministry is about. Three straight years, the man was teaching morning and evening. The night before he departed, let me greet them. He spoke till twelve midnight. The one boy dropped and died. They went there, picked the boy up. Breathed life back into him and went and continued preaching. Because he said that's the last time they are going to see him. I'm talking about success. What was success for him? It was not the card they gave him. What was success for him? It was not the the, the house they donated to him. So today is pastor's birthday. Praise God. He said, Yes, this man is doing well. You know, that's why people call doing well. Yes, he said, he's doing well, though. Ever since he moved to that Abuja, he's doing well. He's doing well. He now has a house in, um, in, 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 in Jabi area. He, he's doing well. He has a nice car now. You know, he has a car for himself, one for his wife, one for his children. He's doing well. He's doing well. And all of us will be repeating, it, yeah, he's doing well. Oh, thank God he left Enugua and went to Abuja. He's doing well. He's doing well. Both him that disobeyed God and the one saying he's doing well, God will have to punish both of their mouths. <laughs> what is doing? How do you know a man doing well? He bought a car. What kind of stupidity do we practice in Christianity? He said, yeah, he's doing well. Though. Only one of our brothers ran away to, go to, to, to Europe. Those, not even now. This was when I was in university. So one I was asking one of the sisters that knew him better than us. I said, how is, how is he now? I said, he's doing well. I said, what do you mean? How do you know? He said, he sent two cars home. <laughs> I looked at her. I like, said, what is wrong with you? I took her straight to my cousin was living in cars. And those cars are 3,000 guilders for one. That's when Holland was still using guilders. I said, These are cars of 3,000 guilders for one. Then it was equivalent to $1,500. These are old cars rejected in Europe. He sent two home. You call that doing well? He <laughs> said, Brother, when we were in school those days, he wanted to preach. You know, this doing well thing. Be like I said, Would they use we wee when we are talking? Would they open our mouth, talk rubbish, say he's doing well? Why? He sent two cars home. Nonsense. Like my wife would say, Nonsense. 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 Please, oh, don't let the word help you define success. Paul left Ephesus as poor as he came in. You see, like I said, when you read the Bible, you have to be very careful. Paul said, three years, these hands minister to my needs and the needs of those who were with me. He didn't say it was a normal thing. Read my book, so we'll pay for this. I explain it inside there. He said, but the man looked and said, anything that will be a hindrance between me and the ability to tell the Lord, your mina has made 10 more, when it comes to the level of understanding and revelation I imparted into Gentiles, he said, no. That's when he taught them, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is any man who is giving, shouldn't be expecting to receive, should be expecting to be able to give more. But now you know we turn it to when you give, expect to receive. I will brag on it. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's a giving mindset we live life through. Through life, life we are thinking of how well can I give. I don't focus on when am I going to receive. Even if, of course, stuff will come because that's God. Because if you don't receive somebody else won't be able to give anyway. So you know, but their the attitude is like ah. If I receive, I know, yes, God has given me greater ability to give. Paul was counting success. He wasn't counting success on what he was able to acquire. He was counting success based on how much knowledge he was able to impact to people. He said, at the end of the day, I am innocent of the blood of everyone. The world does not know how to value it. No, they don't. They can't place a value on Paul's life. They put Paul there, look at the world today, they will tell you he failed. And they put beside that time, bring Paul out, bring a businessman of today, put his head on the, you know, say, so this man succeeded, this one. And I say, hey, Christian, said, say, look, as a Christian, you have to have something to show for it. Listen, the only thing you need to show in your life that you're a Christian is that one, you're a married man, you have only eyes for only one woman. That's past Mark. That's your wife alone. The money you have is not a sign of Christianity. Okay, now. no, I'm telling the truth that your words are pure is a sign of your Christianity not your money the church is men that we saw didn't have any problem but Jesus said I know of your poverty so why didn't you give them money why was not giving them money he said the truth is that you are actually rich that's why I'm not struggling everybody to pack financial physical cash into your pocket you have to know what Christianity is, I mean, not say, you know, people as a Christian, you have to know how something to show. You don't need anything to show. You don't. Everything Paul said is to be used and they will perish with using. Your car will age. You need a car to move around, God can bring another one. But that car is never a symbol of anything as far as it's concerned. It's a used thing, you know? It's used. It's used. Just use. So let's not the let's not world here where Paul's declared. Now people run up and down looking for success. What is success? You see people abide. Jesus is my Lord. They will abandon where God has given them the opportunity to multiply their talent. They will go to where the world has given them the opportunity to multiply money. You can go anywhere you like, but mark my words, you are walking into obscurity. In exchange for what? Good road. In exchange for what? Constant power. You know. You know, recently God blessed me with constant power. I did it. was I just look, I said, I look at all the torchlight, lantern in my house. They've not been used in months. I said, God, ah. Now I'm preaching. I just I just struck me that. The you know, Lord just said to bless me with constant power. You know, I told you guys now he did it that time. What is a big deal? I won't. Se- I'm, but I was willing to stay in darkness anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not, there are stories. When I came to Enugu good Ekulu, there was no light, no jet, nothing. It's hot. That's a good, good story. I just slept on balcony before. You haven't slept on balcony before. You're not blessed. <laughs> that, look, I wasn't have slept on balcony before. Didn't you do NYC in the north? We slept outside when it was hot. Ah, one day I was traveling. I stopped. I stopped somewhere. My, I didn't see Moto again to go. So I, that was in Bali. I just look at where the coppers there. They showed me where the coppers there, I went there. Uh, guys, so, ah, uh, oh, they just finished cooking food. We all sat down. We all finished. Time to sleep. They throw one big mat like this. Big mat. Well, this is your own corner. All of us just lay down. Oh, God. May God give us peace in Nigeria again. It was a beautiful time. We all just lay down there. Around three a.m., breeze began to blow. It wanted to rain, so everybody woke up. Now, I enter into the Copper's Lodge. I die? Oh People you know, you get an You can Nonsense. No the Lord is good. What am I even saying? I know what I'm saying anyway. Success. Listen to me, is oh. It's not what the world calls success. Success is the ability to multiply what God gave you. That's all success is. Whether it makes money or not. And let me say this again. Christians often forget. One day. Mm, tell your neighbor one day. one day. that one day is coming. Oh. No, no, no. I mean, they talk that one. Don't worry. One day. That day we actually will actually come. I've noticed something in life. These days always come. They will eventually come. One day. You will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you will have to give account for how you lived your life. That day we show up. It will come. You have to be able to defend. I'm not, I'm serious. I'm telling you, you have to defend. Okay, oh boy. I gave you revelation to preach concerning this matter. Why didn't you preach it? Now, did you preach it? (laughs) Say, Lord. Were you not in Nigeria? (laughs) So you didn't preach it? No, Lord, I did not preach it. Why? One day I tried to preach it. My pastor said if I do, he will demote me. And I checked it. I had a wife. Two children, they demote me. School fees was getting you no know, near. I found that my denomination said they will remove my cassock. So at night, I used to remind you to preach it. During the day, at night you will. That's the Lord speaking now. At night, I remind you to preach it. During the day, you fear man, you don't fear me. You fear poverty, you don't fear me. Kenneth Hagin said, the Lord one day appeared to him in a vision. And said, just be happy. I allowed your hand to break. It didn't really break, but he had a serious injury on his hand. That's why you are in hospital now. And that's why we are talking. And that's why we are talking. He said, the Lord appeared to him, the Lord Jesus, that used to walk around the streets of Jerusalem, Nazareth, Capernaum, Bethlehem, appeared to him, took a chair. He said, he took a seat. My wife vacated less than 30 minutes ago. And said to him, just be happy this happened. Don't be angry with me that your hand broke. He said, because if your hand didn't break, I would not have the discussion. I keep on mixing the days. Say you know that I lived beyond the age of 57. You will have died at the age of 57 or 55 thereabout. Why? He said, because, now listen to this. I ordained you to be a prophet and a teacher. You were teaching very actively. Listen, you don't know how to judge the things of other people, Oh, Ah, that man was such a good man. He was teaching and teaching accurately, teaching faith, teaching hope, teaching love. And this same Jesus had appeared to him before and spoken to him and said, Go and teach my people faith. The Holy Spirit shouted for him when he was a little boy, I have taught you faith from my word and from your experiences. Now, go and teach my people faith. The same Lord appeared to him one day Say, teaching was not your primary assignment, you know it. Prophesying. He said, your words will, I will use to judge you. Because he played for him in his mind. When you were so and so and so church were preaching, you said that the Lord has made me a prophet and a teacher. When last did you prophesy? That time it was a young man, it was in his 30s or 40s, early 40s, that the Lord would have waited for more than 15, 20 years about, there about, waiting for him to change his mind. Now, this is what I'm talking about. He said, why was it happening like that? It was simply because the man said, people did not enjoy, not in Nigeria now. People want people to, to prophesy. That time, they didn't want you to prophesy, they wanted you to teach. And secondly, he said, there were a lot of charlatans all over town. So, he didn't want to be classified with those prophets. He said, for that reason, he stopped prophesying. There was another reason, interestingly enough. There was a time, he used to have a revelation concerning his wife. And he did not like that revelation. He felt his wife was going to die early. So those things put together, he used to back off. When the spirit of the prophet will come upon him, that spirit of the prophet will come, he will knock it off. It is written, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. So he will refuse to prophesy, and he will continue to teach. You know this interesting part? He teaches. I enjoy his teaching. But if you listen to him, the time you are blessed most is when he's doing prophetic teaching. When his teaching is based on prophetic things. When I will tell you that the Lord said just to, and began, he began to talk. A lot of things I teach now that I understand now was because he operated his prophetic office. And the Lord said, you were going to die. The age of 55, 57 maximum, if he did not switch from just being a simple teacher into becoming a prophet and teacher. After that, he didn't care what other people thought to. He must have prophesied to save his own life. If you don't like it, it's your problem. It was almost 90 when he finally died. You are getting my point here. So don't let the the world tell you what is success and what is not success. Your car is not the sign of success. I say he's doing well. What is doing well? There's a big man in this country, bishop of a massive congregation. Spread nationally and internationally. A prophet used to be in Nigeria. Old man has died long ago. So when that man started his church, he told people that this man just walked away from the plan of God for his life. Yet that church grew. The church grew nationally, internationally. Yet that old prophet looked. When this man started, shook his head. Said this guy just walked away from the plan of God for his life. Yeah, that walking away produced big churches. Don't let anybody look. And I, you say, are you sure that old man was right? Trust me, he was right. Don't let anybody come and tell you what success is. He's doing well. What is doing well? You don't have the the, the ability to express your gift. He you said, You are doing well. Trust me, you are dying well. <laughs> they use prosperity to cap your destiny. Use promotion to, 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 to close your mouth <laughs> I remember what they told what your God told you when you were a redeemed pastor and <laughs> this guy is a very pastor. Look at him <laughs> 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 what everybody was doing one of day guys, guy's provincial pastor called and said, "This boy don't you want to rise in this place? And he looked at him and said oh God, I came, he didn't tell him more, when he's mine. I came to preach. I didn't come to rise. Cause You know, conform so they can promote you. So we can we post some people here to a place where they will suffer. People were lobbying to come to headquarters. No, for them that was promotion. So he said, don't you want to rise in this federal government of <laughs> this civil service? Don't you want to rise? The man said rise. I came here to preach, I didn't come here to rise. So they put paper down and said, I'm resigning. Ah. Some people don't believe it because career path, they don't get jammed. They even told him that he married a Yoruba woman so he can become a GO. (laughs) I'm not joking. If you know what people who call themselves Christians, eh, sometimes their brain. What did Tunde say? The said that when Muslims are entering mosque, entering the mosque, they remove their shoes. But when Christians are entering the church, they remove their brains. <laughs> so when you get in front of a Christian church, all the brains are outside. <laughs> 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 but in Muslim mosque, the shoes are there. Christians talk once in the like, you just listen. They actually said the man went to marry a Yoruba girl so that he will rise. You now know why they are doing what they are doing. Listen. I was, we'll still pray, but more we'll talk. Truth I found out is very bitter.